My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm coming to you from the set of my Moscow TV studio. In 1978, when I was still a teenager, God spoke to me and said, Rick, I'm calling you to write. And he specifically said, write, 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 and I'll prosper what you write. And I began my adventure of writing. And the reason that I have these books on the set of my Moscow TV studio is not because I'm trying to promote books. It reminds me of one of the foremost parts of my call. God called me to write. He said, write, write, write. I'll prosper what you write. And over the years, God has enabled me to write, and he has really prospered what I have written. I've written Life in the Combat Zone, The Holy Spirit in You. Wow, that's a great book. Or how about Just Before Jesus Comes? Or how about The Point of No Return? Or how about Dress to Kill? So many people have Dress to Kill. Or how to keep your head on straight and a world gone crazy, or how about chosen by God, or a life ablaze, or sparkling gems one, sparkling gems two, so many books. In fact, when I see all of these books, it amazes me because often I'm writing books faster then people can read them. It just pours out of me. But my friends, I had to obey what God said to me. He said, write, write, write and I'll prosper what you write. He didn't just say, I'll prosper what you write. He said, write, write, write. That was my part. His part is to bless the work. We each have something that God has given us to do. What has God called you to do? God will bless it. He'll do his part, but only you can do your part. Or like how the Apostle Paul says it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, one plants, another waters, but God gives the increase. God is the one who gives increase, but he does not plant and he does not water. That's our part. What is God calling you to do? If you'll do your part, God will come along and he'll add his blessing to it. He told me, right, right, right and I'll prosper what you write. And the reason all these books are on my Moscow TV set is because it reminds me of part of my writing responsibility to bring the Word of God to people who are hungry. And that's why these books are on my Moscow TV set. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner. I'm just sitting here having a great time with Joel Renner. Joel, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dad. It's so good to be with you. You know, Mom and I are so blessed because we have three of you. We have Paul, who is the senior pastor of the Moscow Good News Church, and he is doing such a great job right in the heart of Moscow. Philip Renner who has a traveling ministry in the United States and all over the world. And Joel is the CEO of Rick Renner Ministries. And Joel, you're doing such a good job. Thank you very much. Thank you. I think it's one of the greatest honors in life to work with your children. And God called all three of you. I didn't call you into the ministry. God called you into the ministry. And here we are serving together, meeting the needs of people, teaching the Bible. What a blessing. Hey, by the way, right now we're offering you a brand new series, which is called More Questions and Answers with Rick Renner. Joel and I are answering your questions this week. It's five parts, and it comes in multiple formats, and it comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you right now our brand new autobiography. And Joel, I really want people to get this autobiography called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. 
Now, look at it. It's pretty sizable, but you don't have to read the whole thing at once. There is so much in this autobiography, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to read. And it's not just a story. This book is filled with teaching from the beginning to the end. You will devour this. And so I want you to order yours today. And you can order all of these things by going to render.org or by giving us a call right now. And remember that when you become a partner, and a partner is anyone who financially supports our ministry regularly, and we use the word partner very intentionally, because when you give into our ministry, you're partnering with us to take the teaching of the Bible to people all over the world. I wish you could see the list of nations where people are tuning in and reaching out to us. Everyone everywhere does not have available to them what you have available to you. And for so many people, this program is an answer to prayer. And when you become a partner, you help us take this living water to people all over the world that are crying out for it. And the moment you become a partner, we're going to send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. And we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone because we always send these two books to anyone who becomes a partner. And we want to pray for you. So let us know how to pray. Just give us a call right now or send us your email. And the moment we get your email or your call, we're going to release our faith and believe for God to do something magnificent in your situation. And he really will. So let us know how to pray for you. But Joel, let's get started. Today, we're going to be looking at supernatural related questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get going. How can I begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit and do it often? Well, first of all, we're going to use the Bible because we always use the Bible for everything in this program. God wants every believer to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And when you read 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, Peter confirms this when he writes, As every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. But Joel, notice how he begins in that verse, every man. In Greek, it is the word hekestos, which means every single person with no one excluded. It is all inclusive. Every single member of the body of Christ, this verse says, has received the gift. But guess what? The word received in Greek describes something that is freely given. These gifts are given to us, but... It also describes something that you have to take by faith. God gives it to us, but we have to receive it. If I gave you today a $100 bill, I could try my hardest to give it to you, but you would have to receive it. In the same way, God wants all of us to function in spiritual gifts, but we have to embrace it. We have to take it. We have to believe it and begin to act on it. And in fact, the verse goes on to say, as every man has received the gift this word gift, the Greek word charisma, lets us know this verse is not about natural talents. The word charisma is from the Greek word charis, which is the Greek word for grace. These are grace-given endowments, grace-given gifts. These are supernatural. And the moment you're born again, you have the ability to function in them. And in fact, the verse goes on to say, even so minister the same one to another. It is a command that we are to operate in the gifts that have been imparted to us. We can operate in spiritual gifts. It goes on to say, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, which means God's grace and God's gifts, they're manifold, it's like a diamond. When you put a diamond into the light, 
it begins to refract so many beautiful colors and beautiful rays. The gifts of God are the same way. There are so many various manifestations. You don't need to be like everybody else. You just need to find out what you're supposed to do and let those gifts operate through you. But you have to begin by faith. And I'll give you a testimony. The first time I ever prophesied, I was a student in the university. And I knew that God wanted me to prophesy. It was in the little church where I met your mother. Not many people were there, but oh, I was so terrified to do it. But my heart would begin to pound and pound and pound, and I just knew I had a word from the Lord. I was supposed to give it. And week after week went by, and my heart would pound and pound, and I would think, oh, I'm just so afraid to step out in faith. And finally a day came when I just blurted it out, Thus saith the Lord, I love you. And that's all that came. And I remember thinking, well, didn't everybody already know that? <laughs> Why did the Lord have to speak a prophetic word? But that was my beginning. You just have to start. You have to step out in faith. You have to believe that God wants to speak through you and then begin to minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. First of all, every man, that means you too, you have received a gift. You've got to embrace it. You've got to receive it. And you've got to make the determination that it's not about you, it's about others. You're going to serve others with the gift that God has given you as a good steward of the manifold grace of God that He has placed in your life. Amen. Next question. Amen. Have you ever seen anything supernatural, like seeing in the spiritual realm, seeing angels, or having a vision from God? Well, absolutely I have, and we should expect it. In fact, we're told in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days. We saw Monday that we're living at the end of the age. We are living in the last of the last days. So what's described in this verse should really be happening a lot if we're living in the last of the last days. And this verse says, It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Or this verse says at the very end of the church age, there's going to be an abundance of dreams and visions and divine revelations. Now, we need to know how to judge them to know whether they're from the Lord or whether they're from some other source. And that's why I wrote a book called How to Test Spiritual Manifestations. It's a very small book, but it's a very helpful book to know if what you're seeing is from the Lord or if it's from some other source. And I would encourage you to order that book today. But yes, Joel, I've seen angels. I've had a vision. In fact, long before we ever moved to Russia, I had a vision and I saw me in Russia. I knew years and years before we ever got here that God was calling us here. I don't have them every day, but I've had them at pivotal moments in my life. One time an angel appeared unto me and spoke to me about my ministry and about our, our family and what we would be doing as a part of the end time age. So the answer is yes. Next question. Can people really be translated from one place to another? Well, again, I want to encourage you to get my book called How to Test Spiritual Manifestations because today people are talking a lot about being spiritually translated from one place to another place, and certainly it can happen. Just read the book of Acts. The book of Acts is filled with supernatural activity. And when you come to Acts chapter 8, verse 38, we find out about Philip who was supernaturally, divinely translated. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 8, verse 38, and he commanded the chariot to stand still. This was the Ethiopian eunuch. And they both went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, 
and Philip baptized him. Then verse 39 says, And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. In Greek, that word caught away is the same word translated catch away, which describes the rapture of the church. This was supernatural. He was suddenly lifted up and transported somewhere else. That the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing, verse 40. But Philip was found in Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Philip was transported supernaturally by the Spirit, and certainly it can happen. But this is not something you can make happen. This is not something you can force by your own volition or by your own will. You can't close your eyes and say, okay, now I'm going to be transported by the Spirit to some other location. My friends, no, 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 no. It doesn't happen like that. If you study the Old Testament and the New Testament, you find that when people have supernatural experiences like this, they're not trying to force their way into the spirit realm. They're just serving God, living their life when suddenly God bursts in on their life. An example is Acts chapter 10, where the Bible tells us that Peter went up on the rooftop to really rest while he was waiting for lunch. He didn't go there to pray. He didn't go there to have a vision. He just went there to wait on lunch. And the Bible says that while Peter was on the rooftop, he fell into a trance. Fell into, in Greek is the word genomai, it describes something that takes you off guard and by surprise, which means Peter didn't know he was going to fall into a trance or into a vision. But somehow, in some way that he could have never anticipated, he slipped into another realm. And usually when you have a supernatural experience, that's the way that it will take place. And I would advise you to be very careful of anybody who says, now we're going to pry our way out into the spirit realm, or we're going to force a supernatural experience, because that does not agree with the biblical record. And that's why you need to get my book, How to Test Spiritual Manifestations. Next question. Today, many people seem to be speaking of supernatural visits to heaven. Some pastors say this is biblical, and others say it is not biblical. What is your viewpoint? Well, again, you need to get my book, How to Test Supernatural Manifestations. But when we come to Acts 14, verse 19, we find that the Apostle Paul was stoned to death. The Bible tells us in verse 19, And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, they killed him. They drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Well, he was dead. But then a miracle took place in verse 20. Howbeit, as the disciples stood around him, he rose up and came into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. The apostle Paul was raised from the dead in Acts chapter 19. But when Paul writes 2 Corinthians, he tells about this experience. And listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. He says, it's not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. So now he's going to describe some of his supernatural experiences. And the reason that he's doing it is because so many people at that age were boasting of having great spiritual experiences. And Paul says, listen, I've had a few myself. So now he's going to tell about an experience. And then he says in verse 2, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Notice how modest he is. He's talking about himself, but he's being so modest in the way that he tells this story. Whether in body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, but such a one was caught up into the third heaven. He went to the third heaven. 
Then he says in verse 3, And I knew such a man, whether in body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. And then he says in verse 4, How that he was caught up into paradise, he's referring to heaven, and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Hmm. Now what is amazing to me is Paul had been caught up into the third heaven, but he was not permitted to elaborate at great length about what he had experienced. I have friends who have been to heaven. I believe every word of it. And they have felt that it was lawful for them to speak about it. They felt a release in their spirit to share their experience. But I think that we have to be a little wary of anyone who goes to heaven more than they go to the grocery store. And there's some people who act like they're going to heaven every day or every week. I don't believe it, not for a moment. Maybe once or twice. Maybe they have a wonderful imagination. That's good. But the Apostle Paul didn't freely speak about all these events all the time. He did acknowledge that it happened. We know that John went to heaven. That's why we have the book of Revelation. So it doesn't mean you can't talk about it. But I think that this is not an event that happens all the time. Can it happen? Absolutely. It happened in the New Testament, and it can still happen today. Next. Are there spirits over regions and cities? What authority do we have to pull them down and to do warfare with them? Well, there are spirits over regions and over cities. Uh, I have a book called Dress to Kill. If you don't have Dress to Kill, you should order it. It is a book about spiritual warfare and spiritual armor. But in Ephesians 6, verse 12, the Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, are you ready for this? Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. And in this verse, it's almost as if the Apostle Paul has seen into the spirit realm, and he has seen how Satan's kingdom is aligned. And he first mentions principalities. The word principalities is the Greek word archos. It describes those who hold the chief seats of power and have held them since ancient, ancient times. These are high ruling demonic powers. Directly under them is a second category, which Paul calls powers, the Greek word exousias, those that have received license from those that are above them to do whatever they want to do, wherever they wish to do it. Then he mentions rulers of the darkness of this world. In Greek, it is kosmokateros. It's an old word which was used to describe a military boot camp where young men were turned into soldiers and into troops, and then they were dispatched. And the use of that word tells us Satan is so serious about the victimization of the human race that he does nothing by accident. Demons are trained to do what they do. That's why there are spirits of cancer. There are spirits of addiction. That's all they do. They're just spirits of addiction. They're spirits of perversion. That's what they were trained to do. And when they're finished with one, they move on to the next. They're spirits of cancer. And when they kill one person, they dislodge and they move on to the next. They were trained to do what they do, and then they were dispatched. And where were they dispatched to? The Bible says, in high places. By the word, it says spiritual wickedness in high places. Wickedness is the Greek word poneros. It describes something malevolent, something malicious, something vicious. It tells us they are malevolent when they show up. And the Bible says in high places. And this is a little bit of a misnomer because the Greek uses the word eros, which describes the lower regions of the air. These demon powers have not been sent to Mars. They've not been sent to Jupiter or to Venus or way out in the cosmos, but they've come into our atmosphere. That's really what this word means. And the way you deal with demon spirits is by using the blood of Jesus, 
by using the authority of Jesus' name, using the Word of God, and preaching the gospel. In fact, one of the greatest ways to cleanse a region of demonic powers is just preaching. Preaching the anointed Word of God. We're told in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that the Word of God is a sword. And when you preach the Word of God and declare the Word of God, it is the highest level of spiritual warfare and demons flee during the proclamation of the Word of God. That's why the devil doesn't want us to pay attention to the Bible. He knows that when the Bible is preached, it is the highest level of spiritual warfare. Next. How can I detect a demon in someone I love and extract it from them? Well, most people are not demon-possessed. They may be demonized, and there's a big difference. And I cover this in my series called What the New Testament Teaches About Demons. It's a 10-part series. You should get it. It is really thorough. It covers everything that the New Testament says about demon powers, how they manifest, how you can recognize them, what is a demon, what is not a demon. But Joel, honestly, I've never met anybody demon-possessed. To be demon-possessed would infer they don't have a will, they don't have a choice. But the Bible speaks of people being demonized. And in fact, in the Gospels, when the King James Version says that Jesus healed many that were possessed with devils, the Greek word literally says demonized. They're somehow demon-afflicted or their spirit afflicted, and you can deal with them, and you can cast them out. You can take authority over them. And I can't explain all of that in this program, but please order the series called What the New Testament Teaches About Demons. It'll set you free, and it will give you the instruction that you need. Joe, this has been good today. Very good. A lot of fun. And when we come back tomorrow, we're going to handle a whole new group of questions. I can hardly wait for tomorrow to get here. But hey, we'll be back in just a moment, and we are going to pray for you. We all have questions that we'd like to have answers for, but they often go unanswered. Do you have questions about the Bible that you wish someone would answer for you? In this five-part series, Questions and Answers with Rick Renner, Rick addresses many difficult and challenging questions that have been sent to him over the years. This series doesn't dodge a single issue, but dives headlong into every question asked. Rick says, there are a lot of things I don't know, but to the best of my ability, I have tackled some challenging questions in this series. You'll be amazed at the discoveries you're about to make with Rick in this exciting series. If your heart yearns to find answers to some of your more difficult Bible questions, then this is the series for you. Don't delay ordering your copy today, because you'll discover treasures in this series that you've been seeking for a long time. And this week, take advantage of our two-week cyber sale. We're offering a 25% discount on all our resources. That's right, 25% off everything at our renner.org store. Go to renner.org right now and save on all your favorite teachings by Rick and Denise. Now is the time to order the products you've been waiting for. Go to renner.org today and save big on books, CDs, study guides, and more. Don't miss out on this special offer. And order the teaching series, Questions and Answers, with Rick Renner today. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. This is Rick Renner, and I'm here on the side of our new studio with Mr. Joel Renner. It is so good to be with you. Joel, it was exciting what happened here yesterday. It really is. They poured so much concrete. They poured this entire slab yesterday from morning to evening, and on this slab, Joel, we're going to begin constructing our new studio. In fact, the walls are going to go up in just a few weeks, and we're able to do it 
because of our giving team that's giving of their finances to help us do that. And right from this place, we're gonna produce teaching that people can trust and send it all over the world in the English language and the Russian language. And it's just so exciting. And what's totally amazing to me, Joel, is that at the same time that we're doing this here, we are purchasing a new building in Tulsa. And Joel, just this morning, I was reading in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 11, where God promised, I'm going to give you houses that you didn't build that will be fully supplied when you get them. And the new building that we're getting in Tulsa, it is fully furnished. It's amazing. It is everything we would ever need. And we didn't have to lift a finger. We just have to walk in and take possession of it. And believe. And believe. We need to pay for it. And that's why we want to say thank you to you, Giving Team, because you really are making a difference. And here in Moscow and in Tulsa and around the world, our ministry is literally bursting at the seams. People reaching out to us, calling us, writing to us, asking us for materials. If you saw our office in Tulsa, you would be amazed because materials are lining the hallways. We're using metal containers on the back of the property because we don't have room for more materials in the building. We're literally bursting at the seams because God is giving increase. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, one plants, another waters, but God is the one who gives the increase. And I want to say thank you for your planting, thank you for your giving, and thank you to God because God is ultimately the one who gives the increase. That if you're not already a part of our giving team, would you please pray about becoming part of the giving team to help us finish constructing this studio and purchasing the building in Tulsa? We'll be so thankful. And together as partners, we're going to reach people with teaching they can trust. It's amazing that right from where each of us are, we can make a difference in someone else's life. So thank you in advance for being a part of this wonderful ministry expansion project. We have really had a good time today answering some of your questions. And in our personal lives, as we sit around together as a family, we discuss biblical questions all the time. So this is really what we do. We do. And I ask you all the time, what are you reading in the Bible? And you ask me and we talk about it. And it's really amazing. Sometimes what we're reading is the same scriptures. Actually, it's one of the first things you and I talk about every morning. What did you read today? Dad, what did you read? We are really living our lives in the Bible because we believe that we need it. Our souls need the Word of God. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you physically don't eat, you're going to get weak. And in the same way, if you don't eat the Word of God, you're going to get spiritually weak. So make sure that you make the Bible a staple in your life and order the whole series, which is called More Questions and Answers with Rick Renner and Joel Renner, and it comes with a study guide. And right now we're also offering you our autobiography. I really want you to order this autobiography called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. And remember that we're waiting to pray for you. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19, if two of you will agree as touching anything, I'll do it. Give us a call or send us your email. Let us know how to pray. We'll agree with you in prayer. And Jesus promises he'll do it. We believe that promise and we know how to pray in faith. So let us know 
how to pray for you. But Joel, let's pray for our friends right now. Lord, thank you that Joel and I can be together today with our friends. Lord, you said wherever two or three are gathered together in your name, you're there. We know you're here. We know you're there. You're right in the midst of us. We ask you to meet every need in Jesus' precious and mighty name. Amen. We'll be back tomorrow. But remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at renner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.